Hello and welcome to the Global Fleet Voices video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. And this video series is designed to put a spotlight on key leaders at multinational fleet operations. And today I have the honor to interview Jeff Seckler, International Fleet Operations Manager for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on how fleet professionals can gain a more in-depth knowledge of the global fleet management profession and expand their network of peers and extend their subject matter expertise. So with that, I'd like to welcome you, Jeff, for joining us. Thank you, Mike. It's good to be with you today. A lot of people don't realize how large the church's fleet is. You just see the scope of it, you know, ranging from Mongolia to the Caribbean to the Pacific uh, Island Oceana area. It's, uh, you know, very few uh, fleet organizations have that kind of reach and scope. You're truly a global fleet manager. No doubt about it, Jeff. <laughs> I would say so. I, mean, I have Zoom, Zoom meetings every day with folks just like we're having mm -hmm. uh, in, in 16 different locations around the world. And so the time zones go from Europe all the way to the Philippines and Asia. And so that's my schedule. And so, yes, it's very global and around the clock. And that segues just beautifully into my next question, because this is one of the issues with uh, and challenges. I shouldn't say an issue, but a challenge in in managing a global fleet is you need to work with different groups in different regions all around the world. And, and based on your experience, what sort of advice would you give to managers on how to effectively manage this process on an international basis? Mike, that's a really great question. Uh, and I have to admit that when I first started working in the interna international piece, um, it was not something I'd ever done before. And so, um, of course, when you're dealing with different people from various different countries around the world, their dialects are different. And so you have to learn how to listen very carefully. And I have an ear for it now. I, I can pick up on what people are saying. Um, and then I think the other most important thing is after listening is I, I need to make sure that we have the same meaning, that I understand what they're saying is what, what I believe that they're saying. If I ask somebody, if I ask someone how many people live in a small city, we would get lots of different numbers about how many people live in a small city because what people's perspective are. And so I've learned when I'm working with people around the world that I really need to drill down and ask good questions and make sure that I understand what they're saying and that we have the same meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I guess lastly was if I'm just all about business, um, it gets it, you know it gets a little uh, difficult. But if I if I gain really good strong personal personal relationships with people, I know them. I know a little bit about them, a little bit about their family, a little bit about where they're living and what they're doing. Uh, those develop those develop relationships over time that help us become far more successful at doing this job. I totally agree, and that's one of the uh, under-emphasized uh, areas of global fleet management because you know you're dealing with such a, a large scope of work and so many people that you're dealing with. Sometimes you know you, you go into a business mode and kind of you know power through it. You know you need to spend the time to establish those relationships. You know uh, when you're explaining those stories, are you know I too deal with a lot of people globally, and uh, one of the things that I discovered and th and that I didn't know is how much uh, American jargon I use. Uh, 
And, and I remember the first time when I said, well, let's run it up the flagpole to see what happens. And the people looking at me like vaguely, like, why would you want to put something on a flagpole? <laughs> or, you know, let's see if we get the first base, you know. So yeah. you got to be very careful about that kind of jargon, which is secondhand. And you don't even think that um, in talking to an American audience, it's well understood, but uh, very easy to lose people internationally. That, that is an excellent, excellent point. And a big mistake that we often make early on working is we have to make sure that we're saying things that make sense because uh, to your point, uh, you know, you can confuse a lot of people and take the conversation in a whole different direction if you're not really drilled down on the meanings of things. Yeah, well, you know, what I found is that people are so polite and so courteous that they don't bother to question you, but they have afterwards, they're probably going, well, what was Mike even talking about there? That's right. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, all of this gets down to a very fundamental thing. And that gets to our next point of this continuous, continuous education. And, and you touched upon it. And it, it's a very honest answer. When you first got into the job, you really had no uh, in-depth background in this area. And that's true for all of us. You know, we're kind of learning the job um, uh, on the job. And uh, so, but there are areas where, you know, you can try to expand um, uh, your knowledge through continuous education and, and there are certain venues. What do you use as venues or outside sources on trying to expand your knowledge on global fleet management? Well, one obvious answer is the Global Fleet Conference. Um, having the opportunity to attend that conference uh, and interact and rub elbows with people who are from all over the world attending the conference has been extremely helpful in, in having those one-on-one -on -one relationships and, and having sidebar conversations and learning uh, about the, the various different challenges that, that we might have in areas around the world. And, and fleet is different around the world. And there's different rules and different regulations and different challenges uh, that the experts in those areas can actually share with you uh, to help you become more knowledgeable and more understanding so that I then can help my fleet supervisors and managers in their areas. And so uh, this venue is good. Um, webinars that obviously you've put on in the past uh, that I've listened to uh, have also been extremely well. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to say everyone has their own way of learning. But for me, I set goals and I put time on my calendar at least one hour a week to read and or listen to something as it relates to what's going on with fleet around the world to keep me current and up to date on, on things that might promote new direction and thought on what I need to be doing to assist my, my folks. Yeah, and that's an admirable goal. And, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of us just don't practice it. I know it's one of my goals, but sometimes, you know, Next thing you know, the day's over with and it's time to go home. But it's, you know, you need to put that on your to-do list. You need to make that a part of your regular schedule. And, you know, the other thing that I'd like to talk with you about in, in closing is, you know, there's a tendency to want to talk with peers. And, and, and that's excellent because nobody knows your business better than somebody doing a similar job in another organization. But I think one of the really underutilized resources within this industry because there's not a lot of resources you know out there it, it's really people to people discussion but are your suppliers they are probably the most knowledgeable people you know in terms of especially their product lines their product category 
but they're also in contact with a lot of other fleet managers out there, probably more so than you and I, you know, uh, in terms of the numbers that they deal with. And, you know, I found them to be a wealth of information. And I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that and um, what you might want to add to that. No, Mike, I, I totally agree with, with what you're saying, because um, if I might mention one by name, if that's appropriate. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, Kevin Neal is a guy that works with LeasePen oh. now. Uh, and Kevin ha- uh, has been a really go-to guy for me because Kevin has a tremendous amount of international experience. Uh, and I value that relationship and friendship that I have with him and that I can call him at any time, which I have in the past, and said, mm-hmm. Kevin, what can you share with me about what you know about leasing in Asia? Uh, and, you know, and, and, and actually, uh, Kevin's good enough to even come to Salt Lake City and sit down and visit with us, which, he's, which he has. And so I value relationships very similar uh, to that one that I've had with him. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got lots of education and diversity working in different, different arenas, if you will. And, uh, and I have found that those relationships are absolutely key to my, to, for me to be successful and help people. Mm. Yeah, I, I second that with Kevin. I know Kevin very well. And, and there's a lot of people like that within the industry. But, you know, but zeroing in or circling back to Kevin, what makes him a very valuable resource is he has experience not only with uh, the fleet management side of the business, but he also worked for an OEM for a number of years, uh, working for Nissan. So that's invaluable where you're able to get information on both sides there. But again, you know, don't underutilize your suppliers. A lot of times, you know, fleet managers, you know, might make it difficult for suppliers to meet with them. You know, they got other things that they needed. You know, you're really missing an opportunity to really learn the business by uh, uh, not meeting with your suppliers on a regular basis. If I might add one comment to that, Mike, I think I think Kevin makes it easy to reach out for him. Uh, while Kevin has a business himself and he has things that he he's trying to do, I find Kevin is genuinely interested in helping me uh, accomplish things that I need to accomplish. Uh, and that friendship uh, is one that I trust. You know, again, we, we talk about business, right? If we're all about business, uh, sometimes we might want to push back. But when you have relationships with people that are genuinely interested in what you're doing and helping you, uh, I, I find that those are the suppliers that I tend to go to most. Yeah. And, and, you know, good example, but, you know, we have such a wide variety of helpful people out there. There's there's thousands of Kevins out there in our industry. All you got to do is spend time talking with them and they'll be more than happy to help you out. But with that conclusion, we, we need to... Um, Uh, call it an end. We've reached our allotted time. And I really want to thank you, Jeff, for taking the time uh, to speak with us. Well, thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure being with you today. And I look forward to seeing you in Miami. 